So um, this time on the schedule, it says guided heart meditation. So just make sure you're in the right place. Guided heart meditation. You're on the right plane. And um, every day um, during this period of time, we will be doing um, the heart, this guided heart meditation. So they're the heart practices um, of the Buddha Dharma that we will be teaching at 345. And so um, what I loved this morning, Jonathan just, I thought did such a beautiful meditation on the body and really sunk. I don't know if you did, but I sunk deeply into my body, which was like he created this body field for to cultivate the, the heart practices so that it was just receptive. I just felt so much heart, and, and, and I was just deeply embedded in my heart while I was sitting here during this morning's practice. And so he really cultivated the field within our bodies to hold this practice. And so I'm going to just briefly talk about um, this, the practice of the heart practices here that are, we call the Brahma Baharas, the four Brahma Baharas. And sometimes they're known as the four immeasurables. They're just so big, they're actually immeasurable. And I love that term um, the most. And just to break it down, Brahma Vihara, two parts of it, the word Brahma actually means um, noble or sublime, something very high. And um, Vihara actually is the word for monastery. So, or sometimes we think of it as abode, where one dwells, where you live in a, in a sacred place. So the Brahma Viharas are the, this noble way of living, this noble way of dwelling in the body. And, and they're ethical and guidelines and ethical practices and qualities and virtues. So that's what the Brahma Viharas are. And so they are an integral part of this practice. And they say, talk about the two wings of the practice, the wisdom practice around the mindfulness that we're learning. And then the other wing is, is the heart practices, right? And so that's what we'll be doing at this time every day. And so there are four of them, and they are metta, which is loving kindness, which I will be talking about today. The second one is karuna, or compassion. And I think... Um, then the third one is mudita, and mudita is joy. It's like joy, it's like Buddhist joy. It's joy for others. It's not even your own joy, right? It's called sympathetic joy, mudita. And then upeka is equanimity. And so there's loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. And metta, what I will be speaking about today is also known as loving-kindness, metta and loving-kindness, two interchangeable words. Um, it's also known as friendliness, and I know Tara mentioned that she likes the word friendliness, and so do I. I think there's this deep friendliness that, um, that it is speaking to. And so it is actually, we start with metta because it's the foundation. It's the foundation of all the other Brahma-viharas. Right? It's like if you build a house, you have to start with the foundation. And I always think of metta as the foundation. I think of it as soil. 
Um, so I work a lot with, I'm working with, with uh, farmers and soil, and really I'm, I'm pretty adamant about what's happening to the soil on this planet right now and healthy soil and how we need healthy soil and how we have depleted our soil. And I think of meta as the soil of our of our our steadfastness, our beingness. It's the foundation, it's the soil. And it it's that healthy, healthy soil. Because I think of humans as us, we are earth. I mean, you know, we are earth. We think of ourselves as something different, but we are earth that's walking and talking and making choices. And so I look at what has happened to... It's interesting if you look at the parallel between what has happened in our industrial way of living to the soil of the planet and how it has been so utterly depleted by the bad choices that we've made in in farming and in um, the way that we have abused the earth. All the toxins that we have put into the soil that is dying, really, the topsoil level layer is really dying. And and due to the, our uneducated way of, of treating the soil. And so I think of the parallel of with, with meta and with our bodies and, and how within our bodies are toxic thoughts, you know, it keeps us from the meta practice. It pushes away the health of the healthiness of what meta actually brings into into our into our lives. And so there's the toxic thoughts, the greed, hatred, and delusion, the three poisons that we speak about, that pushes away our meta practice. It pushes it away. And it spoils the field for meta to actually thrive. And so meta, to be clear, it is not an emotion. Meta, nor the other three Brahma-Viharas, it's an abiding. It's like the home where our hearts and our minds dwell. It's this dwelling of our hearts and minds. It's purification. It's a purification practice. Just like purifying the soil. When I think about going back to the soil, when we have a toxic soil, which most farmland is, by the way, we don't how how do we how do we how do we actually make it alive again? We don't harshly beat it up or anything like that. We we amend the soil. We put in good nutrients. We love it first. You know, we have to just, like, love the soil and create a new relationship with it. We amend it with good nutrients so um, that it becomes, again, because the soil is the foundation of life on Earth, right? As metta is the foundation for our physical and emotional well-being. And so we amend the soil, and the same thing happens here with metta. We are planting the seeds of metta right now. And this entire retreat around compassion and metta, it's, this is a perfect moment in the, in the flow of the retreat for us to really take in this teaching of metta and the importance of it. It really is the foundation of our well-being as humans, to be fully human, to be fully human on the planet where we can see each other and be with each other 
and be with ourselves with friendliness. It is the component part of what we need. In essence, what it is, it's, it's a practice of opening the heart and responding to life and to others and to ourselves with kindness. It's simple, but not so simple, right? It's the practice of opening the heart, the practice of opening the heart and responding to life with an open heart. And there are so many reasons that we don't do that day in and day out, life, and how it happens to us and how we shut down. And we don't even know we're shut down. We don't even realize we're shut down until we open up. And once we feel that we, we connect with an open heart, when our heart's open, you know what that feels like when you have those incredible moments when you have those incredible moments with a baby, any kind of baby. We were talking the other day, even a, what was the name of that dog that you don't like? Pitbull. I said, a baby pitbull do you like? And she was like, well, yes, of course, any baby, right? When you see a baby, it's when it gets grown that you get afraid. But any, that, that feeling that comes to you when you see a baby, when you see a child, when you see a little puppy, Right? Is that not heart opening? You see a little puppy and they're doing it. They, all the things on Facebook that come, the cats and the puppies and all that. I mean, you know, it's, it's heart opening. We don't realize that our hearts are closed until they open. But we shut down in life. We shut down as this kind of, we think that it's protection. We think that we're protecting ourselves from harm of some sort. So we shut it down. And I would argue that actually we protect ourselves by opening our heart. Okay? Because as we open our hearts, this immeasurable kindness happens. And that amends the soil for the other Brahma-Viharas, compassion, joy, and equanimity. So they're all interrelated. So we have to open our hearts, put this amendment in, and and really nutritious, good stuff, allow our hearts to open, and compassion and joy and equanimity can follow. This is what we mean when we talk about an awakened heart. You know, you hear this phrase, the awakened heart. What is that? The awakened heart is is when we, again, are alive, allow our hearts to open to life, to each other, to ourselves. You know, I got introduced to Metta through my wonderful teacher and spirit friend, Miss Sylvia Borenstein. I don't know if any of you know Sylvia. She's, um, she's one of the major elder teachers at Spirit Rock. And I've been working with her for, I don't know, 15 years or more, teaching the Metta retreat at Spirit Rock every year. Until this year, 2020 will be my first year not teaching that retreat in probably over 15 years. And she introduced me to Metta, and she is just Metta personified. She embodies it completely. And it felt so familiar to me when I got introduced to Metta because um, I happen to have, and this is something that I've just started talking about in public because it's so 
different than most people's experiences. And I used to feel like kind of weird about saying it, but I come from a really, really loving family. And and I want to say that out loud. I come from a very, very loving family. I hit the lotto, you know? Honestly, it's just I grew up knowing I was loved and being loved, and I learned how to love from my mom and dad and my brothers and my sister, and it's been an amazing experience to come from, from so much love. And then, you know, life comes in, and you get older, and it tries to beat it out of you. I got beat up in the heart so many times, like all of us, right? But the specific kind of beating up that a black woman in America gets beat up by and a black child in America gets beat up by. And that loving kindness heart shifted and and it wasn't, I was lost around it. Although when I got home, I was always told, you are love, you are, you are beautiful, you are this, you are that. And the world out there was showing me a different hand. So when I got to the Dharma, and I got to loving kindness, and I got to Sylvia Bornstein, and this metta practice, it brought it back to me, and I don't care. I mean, I am that, and I know that. That is my natural state, is open heart. And I say that one, too. Noli Wei, oh, my God. <laughs> she is just pure love. And you are. You are. She cries at the drop of the hat. She's about to cry right now. <laughs> and, you know, I, I gravitate towards that, and I look at her. And, um, yeah, so I, I just gravitated towards metta. And I was like, you know what? This practice is for me. And I teach it every year, and I love sharing it. I love sharing it. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of the metta, of metta and the metta sutta. So it comes from a sutta that um, the way it, the story goes, this is how the story goes, is that um, the Buddha had sent the monks, he had a, you know, a lot of monks, and he sent them out and during the rains retreat, sent them out into the forest to meditate. And that was pretty typical. But the monks, what they experienced, that they found that the forest was haunted. And all these haunted ghosts and haunted entities were just like, really scaring them. And so they run back to the Buddha and they say, the forest is haunted, Buddha. And, and so, you know, Buddha listened and actually gave them this tool of the Metta Sutta. He gave them the Metta Sutta, which is the paper that you have. And I wanted to go and, you know, do the Metta Sutta together, but it's quite long and there's a lot to do in this little 45 minutes. So we may not get to that, but you'll have it. And perhaps one evening, we'll do the Metta Sutta and read it together. But he gave them this Metta Sutta as a means of protection. It was protection. That's why I say that this is actually protection, right? And so what happens is the monks had the Metta Sutta, these phrases, this, this beautiful piece of prose. They went back to the forest with it, and they began to meditate with this deep friendliness, this friendliness and their hearts just opened up, and so did the hearts of the ghost and of the spirits. And so they just permeated the forest with the metta. 
and the whole atmosphere, everything changed. And suddenly, these angry spirits that were trying to frighten them became friendly. Right? And so it was protection. It was, it was the right protection that they needed. And so what happened is that these, these friendly ghosts then not only um, did they, they, they also, not only were the uh, monks able to meditate, but the, they were able to be protected by the ghosts, the people who had, had made them scared before. They suddenly were protected by it. And so I say that and I retell this story because really Metta changed their relationship to those spirits. It changed their relationship, right? It transformed their actions from scaring them to protecting them, okay? The lesson of the Metta, of the Metta Sutta and of Metta, is that we can change our relationship to our fears, to our aversions, and our ill will. It really works to change that. It changes the relationship. Because ill will, all of that is rooted in fear, and fear of loss or fear of harm of some sort. And we can actually use metta in our lives and not, you know, we don't have to go to a forest or anything like that. You could do it right here in your seat. It really does change our relationship to to that fear that we have because what happens is when we have that kind of fear, when we, we separate ourselves, we create separation and we other. Now, you're the other. We other each other, right? And, and there's no room for gladness or joy or, or appreciation or equanimity in that space. There's fear and there's othering and there's separation. That's the opposite. I have a dear friend by the name of John Powell who teaches at UC Berkeley. He has an organization there, and he has a conference called Othering and Belonging. It's the best conference, period. I go to lots of conferences. It is absolutely incredible. Othering and Belonging. He says that the biggest problem of the 21st century is othering, that that is our biggest problem, is othering. And he talks about bridging, bonding, and breaking. And what metta does is bridges and bonds. And what we do when we don't have some kind of tool is we break. We break from each other. We break from ourselves. So we can open our hearts and embrace these difficult places and challenges that happen in life. We can do that. And it will shift. Things can shift. And they do. And I have found that with my practice, my metta practice, which is a big part of my everyday, and it's become, um, they call me, my, my mentees, I have some mentees, they call me the metta queen. And, and I take that. I love metta so much. And, you know, it, it really started in this very serious way for me, like on this daily basis, is when I, um, I used to live in L.A. And I was, you know, in the car, right? I'm in L.A. I was in the car. And in traffic, going from the, I lived on the east side of L.A. and I worked on the west side. If anybody knows L.A., I lived in Silver Lake and I worked in Venice, okay, every day, that truck on the 10 freeway. And so, um, you know, you're always in a rush going to work, in a rush. And there was a day when traffic had stopped. 
I couldn't even get off the freeway and stop there. It was like a major stop, and I'm upset because I'm trying to get to work. And, you know, you're just like, mm, and you're just, I'm just filled with angst trying to get to work and realizing that, you know, and I'm just inching, 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 and really, like, looking at the clock, sweating, just really unhappy until I get up to the accident. And I see somebody was really, really hurt, you know? Like, really hurt. And there were children in the car. And everything that I thought was important just went away. And all I could do was send Metta to them and to that car. And may you be well. May you be safe and protected. May you be well. And that just spontaneously came out of me. And every since then, whenever I'm slowed down, whenever I know there's an accident, all I can do is just, I let go. It's not about me. It's not about me trying to get somewhere. Someone's in, in trouble. And metta just pours out of me. So I now pour metta out all the time. When I hear an ambulance, first thing that happens is I said metta. Because somebody's in trouble, right? If I hear a fire truck, I said metta. As soon as I walk on the plane, and I'm on a lot of them, I travel a lot. As I enter the plane, I send metta to the whole, to the actual machine itself. <laughs> you know, may you do well here, right? And to all the, the folks who are driving the plane, to the pilots, to every, as I'm walking to my seat, I'm sending metta. It's a natural part of my being now. And what that does is just, opens me up in a way that just who I really am. Instead of seeing a stranger and thinking anything other than friendliness, it does that for me. So it's a practice of wishing well, and I also start my meditation practice. When I sit here and meditate, every time I meditate, it begins with with metta for all beings. And as soon as I get into metta for all beings, my heart opens up, and I'm here, and I'm not thinking about all the many things that I think about. I begin my daily practice with, may all beings be free from suffering. And when I say that, I mean it. May all beings be free from suffering. And now I'm in my heart, and now I can meditate. And my mind's not out here. So that's another way that I use it daily. So the practice, we're going to do a little bit of the practice, okay? So I want you to find yourself in a really comfortable seated position. And if you can allow yourself to soften in all the places that you may be holding, maybe doing a body scan of the nature that we did this morning. (coughs) And so we have all kinds of different phrases that are classical phrases, but really it's up to you. So find yourself at ease right now. Notice if you can drop your shoulders away from your ears, if you can soften your face. Even the jaw may be tight, relaxing the belly and any holding that you might be doing, the shoulders, the back. 
opening up to the breath. Allowing the breath to flow. And I begin to just think, bring to mind someone that you really care about, that you love. Someone that you have an uncomplicated relationship with. It's easy. Allow that person to come into your heart. Feel them in your heart. Or it could not be a person, it could be a pet. Whatever the living being is, fill them in your heart. Allow the corners of your mouth to just turn up just a wee bit as you feel the love of this person. And if, and if it's right for you, you could bring your hands to your heart if that feels appropriate. Now allow, I'm going to give you some phrases and allow these phrases to, to resonate and, and um, let's try them out. So we're going to try these phrases together and if after we do this practice to, to this afternoon, if it's, if it's not the best phrases for you, please choose your own phrases. So you've got this loving person in your heart right now that brings you joy, that makes you happy. So may you be safe and protected. Just think that deeply. Take that phrase in and send it to your beloved friend. May you be safe and protected. May you be safe and protected. May you be healthy and strong. Sending them good health. May you be healthy and strong. with ease. May their life just unfold with ease. No obstacles. I'll do it one more time. May you be safe and protect it. May you be healthy and strong. 
may you be happy. May you live with ease. Access this, we're going to turn it towards yourself. See if you can give yourself metta. And if that becomes problematic, you can go back to your loved one. May I be safe and protected. May I be safe and protected. May I be healthy and strong. May I be happy. May I live with ease. Another thing you can do if you have any problems giving mental to yourself is that see the person that is your friend that you gave mental to. This coming from their mouth to you. They're giving it to you. See if you can receive it from them. May I be safe and protected. May I be healthy and strong. be happy. May I live with ease. going to turn this metta towards 
what was called a benefactor, someone who has helped you in your life. You know, someone who has done something for you. They may not be your bestie, but someone who has been generous to you in some way, taught you something, given you something that enriched your life. And just wishing them well. May you be safe and protected. and strong. May you be happy. For the next few minutes, just pick either one of those people or if there was someone competing for first place. Choose that person and take the phrases now for your, as your own. May you be safe and protected. May you be healthy and strong. May you be happy, and may you live with ease. I'm going to give metta to all beings. May all beings be safe and protected. All beings everywhere, all realms be safe and May all beings be healthy and strong. May all beings be truly happy. And may all beings live with ease. May all beings come to the end of suffering and the causes of suffering. We are reconditioning our minds and our hearts with the repetition of these phrases. The more often, the more often we repeat them, the more probable they become and the more our heart opens. 
And I encourage the stealth metta to keep going if you have or have not been doing that in the room, picking someone or someone's in this in this sangha that we're together for these five days and unknowingly to them, send them some metta. Wish them well. May all beings be peaceful and at ease and come to the end of suffering. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.